doctors to the ER. That'll help you get squared away. We're back here with another episode of Squared Away. We're going to dive right into it this week and start with what we've been up to with the uh, the four squares of getting squared away. What should we start with today, Martin? You want to start with uh, physical? Sure. Let's start with physical. Where are you at? Oh, man. I just uh, got over a big bout of getting a few problems taken care of because I burnt myself out and um, we'll talk about that a little more later. Okay. Sounds good. I hit my, uh, I hit my 185. I actually got down to 183.6. So leveled back out, um, rehab the body for a few days, lifted light and I feel good. Um, right back, you know, fluctuating between 188 and 190 now. So that's kind of probably where I'll, where I'll settle out now lifting heavy and putting muscle back on. You're going to have to uh, watch out on those windy days. Nah, I still, still thick in the bottom, still thick in the bottom half. (laughs) I am down to schmediums though. So are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in a medium, 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 large, depending. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Medium's a little small, but I don't know. It's, I don't carry a ton of weight. I'm, I'm thick in the thighs. I don't carry a ton of weight in my shoulders. So. It's pretty much as long as the belly's not there, there's not that much to fill up. Um, so physical, we're both kind of, you still cutting? I'm still cutting. I mean, I guess after your, after your health bouts, you're probably got to get back to it. Yeah. After my health bouts, I I showed up at the gym and, uh, some guy came up a friend of ours and he's like, wow, you've been cutting. And I just did not have the heart to tell him that, uh, yeah, I went through a little bit of health. Yeah, I've been cutting. Issues, uh, I'm like, yeah, you know, I just got to cut back on some calories. Yep. It's like, hey, you're looking good. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, one of the guys at the gym came up to me this morning, and I always had my headphones in. I don't really talk to people that much. I try to stick to myself and get my lifting done. And he, you know, comes up and talks. So I take my headphone out, and he's like, oh, what are you training for? I'm like, just myself, man. He's like, well, do you have a goal? I'm like, yep, hit it last week. You know, he's like, oh, you're looking really good. Are you working towards something? I'm like, man, if I'm not improving, I'm dying. Like, that's just part of my mindset. I got to be perpetually improving. Otherwise, I f- I'm fucking not comfortable with where I'm at because it's just me. It's just part of my personality. And then he wanted to talk for 10 minutes about all that. And, oh, you got a lot. Of- you might have been hitting on me. I don't know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> right No, you definitely know who he is. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, so I feel good. Now it's time to put on muscle. I I cut cardio. So cardio is now lifting weights faster. Hey, Um, so my last half hour that I normally would do cardio, my body still wants to go there. My body really, it wants like, it's like, it, it's yearning for that, you know, that, uh, epinephrine and serotonin and all those fucking happy running chemicals from the stairs and the bike and the running. So I really, I have to make myself like today I did a hundred hanging presses. And it was like, I didn't even, I wanted to go do something else, but I made myself do it. And my fucking shoulders were smashed by the time I got done. So 100, wow. it felt good. It was only, it was uh, 95 pounds. It wasn't a ton. So it was not that crazy, but every set of 10 by the last two, it was like, oh, this motherfucker's not going up. 
I mean, it was it was all I could yeah. do to press the last two or three at every set after about forty. Ooh. Yeah, shoulders are a tough one to hit those high high reps. Yeah, I'm just not used to that kind of. It's tough on the joint. Spiritual. I lacked on spiritual last week. I, 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 no, I, I didn't lack. I didn't do it the damn thing, honestly. Um, but I will say that I made a point to. So we get a half a beef every year, every twice a year. And I made a point to go ride with my dad. I actually drove um, ride with my dad to go get it instead of having him go get it and then going to get it from him. So that was a good, you know, that was a good four hours in the car, five hours in the car with my dad. So that that's my that's my spiritual for the week and my probably a little bit of my emotional, too, because I'm I'm lucky to have the father figure that I have and I don't spend enough time up there. You know, everybody gets busy. And so I, I made a I made a point like, yeah, I didn't want to fucking go drive to Viroqua and pick up a half a beef, but with it was time with him. So made yeah. a, made a good point out of it. Yeah, I'd say probably my spiritual is pretty good. Uh, I think it's because of what I'm doing right now with getting uh, decluttered. Yeah. And that's helped a lot spiritually, uh, emotionally. And a lot of that emotional comes from the family, my kids. I was able to get a few days away with uh, just my son. I was spending some time with my daughter and she's uh, taking me to the movies uh, Saturday. The movies are open. Yeah. We went on Monday. Oh, you did? Yeah. They're open. They just got a few seats, you know, like a seat in between every group of seats or something. It's it's normal movie. I mean, there was only six or eight people in when we were there, but it was oh, wow. Monday. And I got an order from them for booze this week. So oh, wow. they're Start actually kicking. yep, slowly opening back up. Yeah, we're heading in there. She's taking she bought tickets to a movie Saturday early. Which one? Nobody. Oh yeah. Yep. My older, my oldest went and saw that last week. Oh really? Yep. She, she said it was good. Um, I haven't seen it yet. We don't, we don't get that much time to go to the theater, like just us as adults. So if we go, we go to see kids movies and we went and saw Tom and Jerry. So. Ooh, that's wrong. It was good. Tom and Jerry was good. Tom and Jerry. Yeah. 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 They made a, they made a movie, you know, it's live action with human beings and then the animation over the, over the actual movie. Oh really? Yep. I may have to take my youngest. It's good, man. It's it's Tom, you know, Tom and Jerry are fighting and they end up ruining this wedding that this lady is trying to set up and then they have to get along to make it, you know, it's the it's the story arch. Uh, My kids probably hate it because every time every time we <laughs> we like we're watching a movie, I'm like, you see, this is the story arch. This is the challenge that they're trying to overcome. And they built up the characters first and now they're going to overcome and, you know, finish with a, a glorious conclusion. And they look at me wow. like, shut up, dad. Yeah, that's probably one nice thing. I got a 21 year old that likes the action movies and the uh, uh, the Marvel movies. Oh, that's so, cool. So, yeah, I always get to see some good ones with her. Yeah. Nine year old, I do too, but yeah. You know, yeah. it's whatever that level is. Um, yeah, emotional. I guess we can talk about that when I get into the, uh, you know, I've been doing for decluttering. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, um, so just a little bit of a switch up. Um, after going back through and listening and and we're going to try to take a deep dive every week into with one of us um, into something that we're doing and actually go into the workings of why it works and how it works. And then some actually actionable um, details that you guys can take away from it so that you're getting more out of it. And we're not just like 
we're trying to high spot through everything and it's like skip, 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 skip. And you get to the end, and you're like, oh, I hear what these guys are doing, but I don't know that it necessarily gave me anything to work with. So this way, if we put this in and try to take one thing every week that one of us is doing and, and you know, Martin will teach me today about decluttering because I, I haven't checked out this book at all. Um, so that'll be really interesting. He'll teach all of us and then some things that we can actually act on and some things we can do. So spiritual, physical, emotional, mental. You're, you had a rough week mentally. You didn't die. I didn't die. I didn't die. I probably spent a lot of time not breathing while I was sleeping, watching uh, a lot of diet documentaries. Oh, diet documentaries. I know. That sounds, sounds like an awful idea. Uh, learning like my a lot big about fat what life. you keep telling about uh, insulin. Uh, actually, fat fiction was really good. Oh, yeah. Insulin resistance. Pretty uh, wild, huh? Yeah, fat fiction was good. I watched diet fiction that wasn't good at all. Um, boy, there's a there's a whole stack of them. That basically, I'm just laying in bed and it's just one after Dude, the other. Was it YouTube or what? Uh, it was Netflix. Netflix, okay. And, and then video. And you're just like you're just like whatever it suggests next. I'm going deep. Yeah, because at this point, I'm just you know just cannot sleep. Well, yeah. So when I had COVID, I did the same thing, but it was um, meat eater the the show meat eater so i watched every single episode of meat eater and then i got on yellowstone and yellowstone's a great fucking show i don't know if you if you no, i have not seen that it's one. it's an investment i mean it's you know it's an hour an episode 10 or 15 episodes per season like it's a time investment but it's really good it's a family that had a has a giant ranch right next to yellowstone park and yeah. just trying to keep the ranch from basically being screwed out of it oh, every, so every like which a, way it's a fiction it's, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. fiction okay. sorry um, mentally I finished, I finished the habit, um, the power of habit. So I think probably next week, that'll be my deep dive is into the habit workings and stuff like that. And then I also started, um, born fighting the history of the Scots Irish, which is a pretty fucking interesting book. I'm, I'm Irish. Um, the Scots Irish are, kind of this this population of people that went back and forth between Scotland and Ireland for the last 2000 years never bowed down to Rome they're the one of the only people in Europe that never bowed down to Rome they basically said fuck you come kill us um and they did a lot of them died but they also fought back Rome they fought back basically every major emperor and major power throughout European history <clears throat> um and then they came to the United States and they are the main group that filled out the Appalachian Mountains, West Virginia, Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, all that area. And they're they're the hard ass working coal farmers. And I had no idea, but they actually made up somewhere between 40 to 60 percent of the Revolutionary Army when we fought off for our independence. So just these hard ass backwoods motherfuckers that just weren't given in for anything. And that's who they put on the front lines. And it worked. But um, so I, fin I finished that book, too. And that, that was really interesting because I had no idea. It actually started um, because I was talking with a, a Hispanic guy that I work with. And he talked about these uh, this Irish. And Scottish group of the military that actually flipped and fought for Mexico in when when America tried to take over Mexico one of the two or three times. And they're still they still teach um, in Mexican school. They still teach about this this group that flipped over and fought for Mexican independence. Um, 
And it was basically because they were, because they were aligned. They, they don't, one of the big things in their, in their values, in their morality is they are, they are beholden to their values and their God, not any individual place or individual King or individual law. Their laws are their, their laws, their values, and their spiritual law, religious law is higher than, than any individual place. So when they saw that the majority of the Mexicans fighting in the, in the, um, revolution were Catholic, they actually switched sides and fought for that side. So pretty interesting there, but that was, that was my, um, mental for the week. So let's, uh, let's deep dive. Teach me about decluttering. Decluttering. I know we talked about, uh, Bill Heibel's book, Simplify was what I was going through. And I would look at, I was at a point in my life recently that I had to stop and do some uh, serious uh, self-checks. Probably I should have been doing a lot better, uh, a more disciplined daily basis. And I think I kind of let it get away from me because, you know, when you let certain areas take over and that's what had happened, it's uh, what, what, what ended up getting me to a point of just exhaustion. And I think you knew that and it's hard once you get deep into it, it's hard to get out again. So, um, you know, I kind of put it together in a way of how the book was structured, but also, you know, this, this is almost like a pre-deployment checklist. So you get your shit together so you don't get your ass shot or anybody else shot. Um, one is, you know, I have to really reestablish my shit filter. You know, and I think everybody, that's what you really have to sink in your head is you have to have a really good shit filter. And that's what's really lacking now. Because if you don't, you start shutting off your critical thinking, you get lazy and you just basically want to be told. Elaborate on shit filter. What do you mean by what is your what is your shit filter filter out on a common basis just to try to get an idea of what what a a person's shit filter should look like? Um. What do you think about, I'm going to use this on a political level. Sure. So I get questions asked to me is because I'm an independent, they, people would ask, what's, how, what news uh, network do you watch? And I'll tell them, well, I kind of watch all of them. It doesn't matter what specific news, you know, that I, I watched or some people that say, well, if you're more conservative, you got to watch Fox. Well, if you're more left then you're gonna watch cnn msnbc whatever well it doesn't make any sense to me then you're just you want to basically log into your own echo chamber then uh i think there's multi there's independence there's liberals there's right it, it doesn't matter none of that really matters in what the final answer needs to be it's your shit filter needs to be i can take in all this information and parse it and parse it based on on what common sense is unbiased common sense. Okay. How does it apply? Not just to my life, but people that are in my circle that I either agree with or disagree with. And, and, and that's basically what the, the shit filter is. It's, it allows you not to be mentally lazy. It's easy to be lazy when you just constantly listen to stuff that you agree with all the time. Right. Yeah. The echo chamber. Yeah. It's lazy as hell, and that's all the people that you surround yourself with are people that just are, you know, oh, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, you know, you can do that all day then. I can sit there and post social media memes and then have, you know, oh, I got 500 people to agree to that, too. It's it's, it's BS. Like you said, it's, it's a total echo chamber. So having a, having a shit filter is just be able to 
parse through all the shit and get to what's common sense is and peel that emotion out of it completely. Um, so does that also affect the type of projects that you're taking on and the type of yeah. how your time is being spent? Does yeah. that have a lot to do with it too? Yeah, because I think, uh, you know, and I'll be honest, I have a real problem. If, if somebody needs help, I'll help. And sometimes I don't have that time or my calendar is not going to hold it. But the problem is I'll say, yeah, I'll do it. Well, everything just piles up and snowballs. And that's one issue that I have. I need to be able to parse through the requests and just say, you know what? I can do this and I, I can't do that. I'm sorry. You but, and I, you and I have similar personality traits in we love being needed. We, when somebody comes and like, oh, I was thinking about doing this. Do you think you could help? Oh yeah. I'd fuck. I'd love, I'd love to help. I want to be, you know, I want to help you out. And is it needed or you just like to help, you know? No, no, no. It's <clears throat> definitely, it's, you know, think, think about, think about your history. It's a personality trait. It, it, it makes you feel good to be needed. It makes you feel good to invest your time into helping someone else, which is good, but you also go out of your way and end up trying to help too many people do too many things because you love to feel that way. And we're similar that way. Yeah. I got to explore that a little more. I'm, I think I'm thinking specific things, but I, without, <laughs> without throwing everything out on the fucking table for everybody, I'm thinking of specific things. Okay. But. All right. Um, okay. I would say definitely based on things we've talked about. So anyway, yeah, that the shit filter does involve that too as well. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, everybody has their set of standards for it, but obviously it has to come down to some kind of common sense standard, you know, and that's where to me, there's also a, a spiritual standard that falls within that. So, so that's, yeah, that's number one. So does that kind of clear up a, yeah, like yep, a that clears filter? up the shit filter. Yeah. It's, it's weeding out the stuff that isn't moving you in the white, in the right direction. Yeah. And then something that the book has brought up and something that, you know, I have brought up and it's a lot of people use it. And it's also pre-deployment is, is, you know, you have to understand what your bucket is, what fills you up as a human being. And um, you have to understand and learn what, what the holes are in that bucket at this point. So to me, to get to this point of just exhaustion, you know, I can, it affects everything you do. I couldn't think. I couldn't enjoy my time with things that was affecting me physically. Um, going into the gym, I just wasn't motivated, didn't have energy. I still kept pushing it, but you just, you can't perform on any levels above squared away. And you have to figure out what those holes are and you got to patch them out because it's not always filling the bucket and it depletes itself immediately. A lot of times you fill that bucket, it should last quite a while. Um, so I really had to go through and just, you know, shut the hell up, get out of town and figure out, okay, what is going on? Huh? And holes are people that are taking more energy than they're, or give me some examples of some yeah, holes. People, yeah. People is, is a big part. You know, I don't like to say that right away because it's easy to almost blame people, but, um, but you're correct. I mean, one big one mentally and emotionally are people. I mean, you bring people in your life that are, just takers. They never put anything back in the bucket. You know, they're going to deplete you faster than almost anything else. So the shit filter kind of helps with pat with with 
weeding out anything that's causing holes. Yeah. And then say no to those people or even uh, remember you asked that question. uh, Was it a couple weeks ago about forgiveness? Yeah. You know, a lot of people think forgiveness, even spiritually as as a Christian, they think forgiveness is, well, you should just forgive everybody. And they picture forgiveness as, well, you can do whatever the fuck you want to me. And I'll just forgive you and we'll just hang out like everything's okay all the time. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes you, you make that forgiveness, but your shit filter is telling you that, you know what, if I just keep this relationship on with this person, it's going to be a constant negative, a constant depletion. They're not adding any value at all to your life. You know, you, sometimes you're, you're cutting that relationship. It's not to be mean, but you need to protect yourself too, because you need to function. So, so a lot of it is, a lot of it really comes down to time, the 20, how the 24 hours of your day are being spent. And realistically, if we're spending eight hours of that day sleeping, then we're left with 16 hours. How are those 16 hours being spent? And I guess that I see that I see what you're saying there is like how much of that 16 hours is being spent filling my bucket and how much of that 16 hours is being wasted on the holes that are draining my bucket. Yeah. And we'll talk about. No, I made it into a second point. It's called organize and overschedule, which is the next point um, is looking at the week as 168 hours a week and to sit down and evaluate, is it balanced or is it, or are you consuming a large percentage of that with something else? And for me, yeah, there was a point of my work that's consuming, you know, overly just way too much of that. So I need to make, you know, decisions on that. Um, but going back to the bucket, it's, uh, you know, there's five parts of the bucket I really had to look at. Uh, one was connecting with God. So that's spiritually for me, mm-hmm. it had been sporadic. And the thing about this U version app, it's, it's basically, it's a Bible on your phone. And what's nice about it is I can, you know, boom, wake up in the morning and I get a daily reading. Uh, you can sign up for certain plans. So right now I'm reading a plan called revelation. It talks about, you know, uh, the church nowadays and, in in the near future here. Um, and it tells you when you're off. So sometimes like, Oh, you're on 14 days and it gives you notifications. Oh, you don't want to miss a day here. So it kicks your ass, but, um, I've been ignoring that and I'm literally around streaks of like one day. I'm like, oops. So, and I was totally off. Um, number two is, is family, you know, families, I know some parents think it's like, oh, the kids are, they just, they're depleting me. It's, I think there's a difference between being a tired parent or being depleted by people that, you know, are not giving you any value. You know, family doesn't deplete your time unless you got some really dysfunctional, you know, ass family members. But if you have some really dysfunctional ass family members, probably you, if you're a parent, were a cause of that. Yeah. Very true. So... You know, getting some individual time with my kids is priceless. You know, whether I like my, you know, son who just needed my help uh, buying a car, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. And yeah, it's doing something together. Yeah. And you're one thing that I try to remind people of is like right now, okay, I have a 16 year old and a seven year old. They're both going to turn. They're both are birthdays, birthdays this month. I'm never going to have another seven year old and I'm never going to be part of my 16 year old's life at 16 again. I'll be a part of her life next year and the next year and the next year. But at this stage in her life, I'm never going to get that time back. Yeah. Every day is a passing window. So, yeah. so yeah. So, you know, I'm enjoying the little bits of time 
that I have with each of them. And it's, it's energizing, fills that bucket. Uh, number three is, is a big one. I mean, it's satisfying work. And boy, satisfying work doesn't mean just going and collecting a paycheck. It's um, when I was more balanced, you know, I have some side businesses and those side businesses, I have one that gives back to the, the veteran community, the first responders. And literally, I've had one business completely take over everything to a point where I'm not giving anything back. Um, I was able to do a little bit of those projects uh, this past week. And it just it just felt so much better. And um, I have spent zero time in nonprofits where I've used to spend quite a bit. You know, part of it might be the, the COVID, you know, there's not a lot of fundraisers going on, except for like GoFundMes. But, um, you know, getting out of that, it's kind of mentally, emotionally, just wearing, just draining. So, so I need to look at my calendar in next, next year. Um, I need to look at, and like I said, is what my percentage of time is spent doing what, um, number four is recreation. I mean, I'm so involved with work that I didn't plan much for recreation. No, I'm, we're right at the same place as you are. Like we take a date night every week, but it's usually just going out to dinner. Like we, we are so involved with the kids and I work so much that it's like, we don't have a thing or things that we really do. Yeah. You know? So I'm with you there. Yeah. So sometimes it's just, you know, like we talked about the other day, it's like, you know what, go to the lake for a few days. Yeah. You know, um, make build a fire. I mean, yeah. last summer was, it was nice, you know, being out on the lakes on boats, you know, I yeah. like water. So it's just, yeah, just making the priority to do those things can't for myself. Pour, you can't pour from an empty bucket. Right. Exactly. And then number five is something that we're so familiar with is exercising and diet. So, so yeah, so I'm getting on track. Uh, I, I don't like being this, you know, quote, cut. So probably I'd like to probably stay at a, like a 215, 220, you know, so get lean. Don't have to worry about anything hanging on the brim of my pants. And, yeah. uh, um, just watch my diet after going through endless show after endless show, which by the way, well, there is one that stood out there. I really like it's called that, uh, that sugar film. Okay. You see that one? No. So it's kind of like, have you seen that one, uh, supersize me? Yeah. The guy makes himself yeah. sick eating McDonald's. Yeah. Well, this guy basically does different guy. I think much better actor, uh, go from Australia, goes through and tries like 40 teaspoons of sugar over 60 days. Every day. Every day. And it's not eating candy. So it's not like he was popping a Twix or eating a shake. He was actually eating fairly well. So he would pick out, okay, a fruit juice, or he'd pick out, well, fairly well by USDA standards, which is completely fucked up in the yeah. first place. And uh, it didn't take him long to get 40 uh, teaspoons of uh, sugar. So you imagine the people that eat like shit, they're probably pulling in 100 plus teaspoons a day. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was amazing to watch. And uh, after the 60 days, they ran through you know all his vitals and everything and how he's changed. And how that affected him, it was uh, it was amazing. And, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I watched it twice. Okay. See, I read, and read is a very loose term because the book is a scientific tome. But um, Gary Taubes, um, I think it was Gary Taubes, 
had a book that completely broke down all of the science that's fucked on the, that basically helped every processed food company build their foods and make them sound healthy. And it's like eight or 900 pages of like scientific fact after scientific fact after scientific fact. And it is so fucking scary that one dude, Ansel Keys. Yep. He was brought up in almost every one dude was basically paid off by sugar companies to demonize saturated fat. And because of that, the entire food pyramid and the basically the entire American idea of what is healthy was fucked because of one guy. And if if you guys, you can, I'm sure, watch one of these documentaries that Martin's talking about. But basically what happened is, is he took all of these studies from all these different countries and then only cherry picked pick out. Them, yeah. yeah, he only cherry picked the studies that helped his motive. And his motive was to demonize saturated fat and say that that's what's causing heart disease and obesity. And he only picked out these countries. Well, it, it turns out it's like. One country here, one country there, one country here. And it was like specific things that they were eating and had nothing to do with the actual saturated fat. It was the it was the one specific food that they were eating that was giving them heart disease. But they also ate a bunch of this other shit. Whereas if you took the whole map, it had no correlation. And there's another one called the cholesterol myth, which gets into cholesterol and how ridiculous that is, because women take statins for cholesterol and high cholesterol has zero correlation with death in women and women still take statins and statins have an awful effect on your body. Anyways, not to get into a dire tribe, but Ansel Keys fucked everybody. Yeah. And that was a, that was brought up in every single documentary that that I watched, except for the one that was, was BS. They had a lot of celebrities on there. Oh yeah. Trying to support, still trying to support the, uh, the myth that, uh, saturated fats cause all the issues. Was that the cow one? There's a there's a meat. There's a one that's like. Uh, uh, this was on Prime Video. Okay, I don't know. There's one. There's one about like being a vegetarian and how healthy it is and shit. But like, I know I've never actually looked into it, but I hear Rogan talk about it all the time. Like basically oh. every stat has been debunked inside that documentary. Like yeah. if you look, it, it's all bullshit. I didn't see that one. Okay, so. No, those are the five main keys about replenishing the bucket. So everybody has a bucket. You know, there's the, like I said, connection with their spirituality. There's the family. There's, you know, so what's your satisfying work? What's what's your fulfilling work? And then So this is satisfying you or you satisfying what work needs from you? Satisfying you. It's the work. It's the work that is fulfilling you. Correct. Got it. Yep. And then recreation and exercise and diet. So... Once I got through, and I'm still going through that. I mean, it's just taking that shit filter and just filtering everything I'm doing in the, in the 168 hours a week that I have. Um, now it's time to apply it to the schedule. Can so, exercise and diet be my um, fun? My fun? Can exercise and diet it, be it, my it, recreation? Because <laughs> I feel like that's all my recreation is, is exercise and diet. <laughs> That's what recreation is. Uh, it covers the mental, emotional, physical. Okay. So it can. Okay. We're good then. But there's got to be just some. Just kidding. Oh, I, I need a lot more. I need a lot more other shit. I'm yeah. just kidding. I, but. but the, uh, you know, the next step is taking all that. And after you filter it is to, to organize it versus over scheduling yourself. And that was a huge problem that I found out is, you know what? I got um, multiple work calendars 
and I got an iCal. And if I took all of them, which I actually did, and almost did a, you know, you can't physically do this on your computer unless if there's a way, probably, um, overlay those schedules. I was like, you know what? I'm like almost, you know, 70% overbooked. I had overlapping meetings and it showed up at work too. It's like, I would be on a call. I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be another call. I mean, a lot of times that was my whole day, which is one thing over top, the next thing over top, the next thing. And by the time it was three o'clock, man, you're done. You're just mentally smoked. And the problem was, is after that was done, I had to really begin my real work. You ever so, read Tim Ferriss, Four Hour Work Week? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not that long time ago, not that the four hour work week is a perfect plan for everybody. Um, but a lot of the things in there that he talks about, about cutting out the need for specific meetings and and the ways that he figured out to get around, like, does this need to be a meeting or can you shoot me an email? You know, like just simple things like that, like save so many t- hours in a week. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that I try. I try to really condense my meetings um, to a point where one day I literally thought of, uh, boy, what if I went to a meeting and made everybody, uh, you know, do a plank while we're in this meeting? So as soon as they dropped out, the meeting's over. That's perfect. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't know. I look at the shape of the, some people that I, you know, working at the office now. My meeting would be max two and a half minutes. Oh, really? oh yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a planker. I, me and Nick Henson, who I think you know, um, went back and forth for a while. Like I think a, one I, minute is a lot for most people. It, well, so seconds is so a lot. we started at like a minute and went back and forth, and we just sent uh, screenshots of our of our phone counter. And so like I hit two minutes, he sent it back to me at two and a half. I sent it to him at three. We got to like six, and I was like, this is fucking stupid. I hate every second of the six minutes. I hate. <laughs> Oh, no, it's, uh, the, it's just an idea. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I'll try. So, I mean, I had to take my schedules and put them together, consolidate. And, uh, four questions I had to ask was, you know, what do I need to add to my schedule? Yeah. Uh, what's necessary and what do I need to just remove? And what do I need to do more of, you know, and the more of really needs to tie back to the items on the. Uh, replenishing the bucket list. And then what do I do? need to do less of the non-value added depleting items. So, so that was the second step. And then I had to look at, okay, here's where I get real specific is decluttering my finances is looking at my finances now to where the stock market is now and what we're projecting, um, different investments, different capital items, even look at, okay, what I own right now, what are my assets and okay, what do I need to be doing? And just, uh, and why spending, you know, cause sometimes I think for us, you know, we have a, you know, we have decent income. Yeah. Sometimes we don't think about what we spend. Sometimes it's just easy to show up at a store and it's so much different. You know, I had to stop for a moment and really just think back to when I was in college, I'm like walking into a grocery store with a calculator and you're tallying up what you got because all you got is that $31 and 50 cents sitting in your pocket. Cause if you go over, you have no backup. Yeah. So we don't do that. No, I, I mean what my wife grocery shops, like once in a while I'll see the bill and it's like, dude, I think she spent $750 one time. Jeez. It was like multiple carts, 
but it's like that shit adds up, you know? And oh, yeah. the healthier foods, yes, don't get me wrong, meat and vegetables, you're fine. You could live on meat and vegetables. But if you're buying pre-made healthy food, this shit is expensive. Paying for somebody's labor. Yep. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, you have being a little more aware now. You know, not going back to every single penny. I mean, it's not a bad idea. It takes effort. And time, which we're just talking about wasting time. So yeah. I don't think that would be the smartest, but I agree 100%. And sometimes it's easier because we are so short on time to just throw money at something, which is so stupid because the reason we're short on time is because we're trying to make more money. I know. It's so fucking dumb. <laughs> it's a vicious circle, yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's that's bottom line of decluttering finances. There's no secret to it. It's just being able to stop and just start paying attention to what you're doing. And um, the big one here for me was the big step is re- to reevaluate my work, my career. And that is what's basically going to take me from being restless to, you know, being fulfilled. And, you know, the three years I really had to ask myself was, okay, one, do, do I have passion for what I'm doing right now? Because if the passion isn't there and I'm just doing it just because I'm just, you know, making big rocks and the little rocks, you know what, then, you know, I may have to pack those bags. Um, but going back to what we had talked about with time, is I had to look at as is 168 hours in a week. You know, most Americans should be at 25 to 30% is roughly the average of what you should do for work in that time. You know, and I'm sitting right now easily, you know, going up to about 47% of that time. So how much of that time is sleep? How much time goes your family? How much of that time goes into those, you know, areas of that bucket? Because if there's nothing left, um, one of the, I think the number two regret that people have as they're lying in their deathbed is, you know, that, well, I wish I wouldn't have worked as much as I did. Yep. Do you read so, that book? No. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll bring what it. What book is it? Um, the Four Regrets of the Dying or The Regrets of the Dying or it's, it's all, it's, it, it's a woman who f- for her job took care of dying people and then wrote a book about the most common regrets that she encountered over and over and over from people that are dying. Oh, I think it was in my research once, uh, just about, you know, what people thought. And I think basically it was like, Oh, Wikipedia. Yeah. And that popped up as a number two. Was, yeah. I'll, I'll link, honestly, I'll link the book. Um, hopefully you guys are, are using that. Um, cause I'd link all the books that we talk about now. If we talk about our, you know, if we talk about what kind of underwear we wear, I'm going to link that shit too. whatever, whatever we talk about that we really, really, you know, are passionate about and like, I'll link it because that'll make it easier for you guys to find it. But yeah, no, I'll definitely link that book because that one, that one hit me. I mean, it's pretty common. There's like five or eight or something that are super common. And yeah, one of them is definitely, I work too fucking much. Yeah. So yeah, I'd be curious if that was actually number two, but that's what popped up. So yeah, I really had to look at, I think that's 47% of that time that I'm exchanging and is there an exchange? Because if you're salaried, you're basically, you know, on the ass end of that deal, that exchange. So um, the third part is compensation. If I'm putting that much time in, am I being compensated for that? Is it worth my time? Because once I evaluate that, it almost makes it easy. Okay. What do I need to do then? And, and we work, we work for money. 
but money doesn't buy us more time. We work for money just to make our time more enjoyable in theory, right? In theory, yeah. In theory, that's the, that's the goal is I'm going to trade you a little bit of my time so that the time that I'm not trading you is more enjoyable. Yeah. That's a balancing act, man. And it is. Most people are just being aware of the balancing act is a big step. Most people aren't even aware of that balancing act because most people don't even look at it as though they're trading their time. They're trading their life portion of it for money. Yeah. And and here's I I guess I do want to make this note is I've been in corporate since uh, boy last 20 years and I can't say 20 years. I'd say 15 years been in high level corporate and yeah, you're going to invest a little more time, but the compensation is going to be there by the standard of living that you're able to enjoy. And so, you know, and I'm totally blessed to have done stuff that, you know, I would have never been able to do not being in that position. Um, But it's, you know, if the compensation isn't there, then you really have to question it. Well, and you've, you've been in a specific industry of corporate America. Is there an alternative industry that comes with similar compensation, similar expectation, but much more fulfillment? Uh, yes. Okay. I, I mean, realistically, that that's where I that's what I think of because I'm I'm in I'm in a similar boat as you, not high level corporate, um, but I'm in a specific industry. Is there? an alternative industry that I could be in that I would be have much more passion, but also invest a similar time and get a similar compensation. But then I'm not just getting financial compensation, but I'm getting emotional, spiritual compensation and enjoyment of what I'm doing more, which I don't, I don't hate what I do. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm just, I'm, it's just something that I think everybody should always be asking themselves. Yeah. I mean, I'll easily pull, 30 to 40% of my time a week for that fulfillment, for that compensation. Yeah. You know, for that standard of living for my family and I, you know, um, and friends as well. It's just, that's when you know it's worth it. Yeah. But if you're just seeing that dwindle down, it's like, well, I'm just basically, you know, like I could be thinking, well, I'm working three part-time jobs basically. Yeah. You know, for one, you know, you're being compensated. And what am I doing working three part-time jobs just to fucking die? Yeah, right. You know, and that that's not what I want. I, yeah. I have no interest in that. Because if it does a negative impact on your health, well-being, and your family, then you really have to reevaluate. Yeah. So, yeah, not telling anybody what to do, but this is my experience and I need to assess. It, it's all acknowledgement and contemplation of these ideas. It's not do this because we're doing it or do this because we brought it up. It's just, we brought it up. So just think about it. See where you're at with all of these things. Um, I think that that's one of the biggest takeaways is just being aware. And if, if you're one of the, you know, if you're one of the listeners of this podcast, you're already way more aware than the average person anyways, because you've come back for episode three. And so if you've come back for episode three, then you like the first two, or you just have a crush on Martin, one or the other. Just kidding. I don't think so. You look like the young one. So, ah. <laughs> oh. uh, so the, the last portion is obviously it's relationships. And we touched on that. Um, 
And that's where once you get those relationships put together, I know Hybels talks about it takes you from a, an anxious life to a peaceful life. And I know, you know, guys like the, that I know and myself is we just want to be able to live a quiet, peaceful life, raise our families, you know, in a, a good town. And, you know, part of that is, uh, is deepening the relationships of those who add value. Yeah. And those that bring the best out of you. And, uh, you know, what we talked about before is, is adding value is it's not just monetary, the people that, you know, respect your time, um, you know, help you get the best out of your time. Um, the people that bring the best out of you are the people that challenge you, not yeah. just agree with you all the time. Yeah. And the people that don't drive you, you know, so fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, you know, my last ex-wife did not bring the best out of me. In fact, she's the complete opposite. Uh, there's some people that can just trigger the worst parts of you. And, and most of the time, those people are just dealing with their own damage. They really are. They're just dealing with their own emotional damage from all of the fucked up things that have happened to them. And they're just rolling it right through themselves onto you and they don't even know it. And that doesn't, that just, that doesn't make it okay. Like if you're in a relationship with somebody like that, that does not make it okay, but it does make it okay for you to walk away and be completely comfortable with it because you don't owe it to anyone to have to emotionally deal with their issues. If they're, if they're worth it, if they're in your life and they're worth it, then help, help them through it, but don't do it to the detriment to your own, um, psychological goodwill. Yeah. And yeah, I believe I was just in a situation where it was just a, you know, weekly escalation Yeah, that was just not good emotionally, not good mentally and physically. Friendships are tough at our age. Friendships are hard. I mean, like what you and I have seen each other more since we started doing this podcast than we have in the last four years because we do this podcast. But if we weren't doing this podcast, we'd see each other at the gym once in a while and we text a bunch, you know, and it, it and that's interesting. You know, we're you know, 35 and 40, <laughs> um, 35 and 40 years yeah, old. I got a birthday coming up on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> um, and it's just it investing time to meet new people is hard but then when you meet a new person investing enough time to build a solid friendship is even harder but what builds solid friendships the reason that you have a lot of the friends that you have from the past is because you've gone through things together and as you've gone through things that's what makes your friendship stronger well we're not exactly going through a bunch of hardships at 35 and 40 years old. That's yeah, that's for sure. 40. We're um, not. We have first world problems. Yeah. First world problems. i I live a good fucking life. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to complain to anyone. Like I, I'm, but I've, I've, it didn't just fall into my lap. That's the thing that most people, not most people. That's the thing that a lot of people don't want to, they don't want to realize is, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I worked for what I have. And that's why I am where I am. And I've made a lot of sacrifices to be completely comfortable where I am. Um, my wife doesn't work so that she's able to get the kids everywhere and take the kids everywhere. And we don't have a 4,000 square foot, 500, $600,000 house because of that. Um, and that's fine. I don't need that. But 
those are the sacrifices that are made. And I was completely okay with it. And I'm completely okay with it now. I don't need that shit. But just so you realize, I'm you guys listening, not Martin. I'm comfortable with who I am and where I'm at because I've put in the work and made the emotional decisions to make those sacrifices. Yeah, I think uh, fulfillment in life. I mean, I uh, I usually come from from a spiritual side, um, but for me is is contentment. You know, there's never going to be enough money that you can use to define contentment with. And I think even the people that have millions and billions are going to tell you that um, you have to come to a point where none of that matters. None of that puts you at a certain status that you think that is going to be, you know, satisfying and people are going to give you approval for. So it's just uh, you have to learn to be content where you're at, whether it's nothing, whether it's, you know. And you can be content with where you're at and still drive for improvement. That's a, that's oh, a, yeah. that's a balancing act that that's hard to, that's hard to come to grips with. Like I can be happy with where I'm at and still want to be better. Yeah. That's, that's different than, um, the person that thinks that they need something to define them. So yes. there's always that, um, that surface goal that they need to hit that yes. they think is going to give them status or satisfaction. Yeah. Status is a tough one, especially, um, especially with, you know, it's an is it an american thing it seems like it's really an american thing that that purchasing that purchasing status it it what you drive is you know yeah or your makes you who you are purse or your car your nails or your hair your clothes your watch your ring it's all these things that are supposed to honestly like i and it it's not this way with everybody but i you see the big unhealthy fat fucks with the nails and the hair or the expensive jeans and the suit if it's a guy and the watch and the wallet and it's like you're just lipsticking a pig because you don't want to put in the work to feel comfortable with yourself right right exactly and uh (laughs) i was just in a conversation with somebody uh this past week about that as they're starting to see a lot of spring break people post pictures and they'll buy this you know bikini top and it looks like they're just fully endowed and, you know, looking sexy and all that. And then somebody else will go take a picture and tag them on there and you get a full body shot. Oh, but girls, girls and the angles, girls have the angles figured out because of social media. This is some evolution that is, this is fucking short term evolution because of social media, girls specifically and dudes, but girls specifically have figured out the best angles to make shit look good. <laughs> like you see a picture and you're like, whoa. But then if that picture was cropped out 10% more, you see the big muffin top on the top and she's got her arms pushing her boobs up or the dude is like, you know, he's got the the back of the of the of the arm is showing, but then he's also got the big old fat belly and it's like, man. Oh yeah. Your or your angles you, yeah, are some people you never see a chest down shot. Yeah. Ever. And it's just And whatever. If you're if you're happy, if you're happy that way and you're healthy like there's all different body types there's people that just are genetically always going to be thicker and there's people that are genetically always going to be thinner and don't get me wrong like we have we we are never I'm not fat, fat shaming we are never fucking with people that are healthy but have a different body type yeah but only you know if you're putting in the work eating the right foods doing the workouts and you're healthy 
and you're thicker. That's cool. Like that's sexy. I mean, on a chick, not a guy, um, but that's fine. But you also know if you're not that person. Right. Right. Because you can go completely the other way around. I mean, we know people that are so obsessed with their appearance that it's like, you know what, that just adds to the ugliness. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's totally about if you're comfortable being who you are and, and you're just trying to be healthy. And those people are the reason that I leave my headphones in, in the gym most of the time because of those people, because their voices just make me want to rip my fucking ears <laughs> off. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I have conversation with some of those people. And it's I know you. Like, lo- they they love you. They love to talk to you because well, you're talkative. It's like you, Chris, a few of the other people that I know. Like you guys, you Bill, like you guys love talking to people at the gym. I'm just like, keep my fucking head down, keep my headphones in. Yeah, when I have my kid in the uh, in the childcare, I got an hour and fifteen minutes going. Those headsets are going. Yeah, in, and uh, I got to roll. Um, um, current events. Asian lives matter. Asian lives matter. That's, so uh, that's the big one now. Follow up from the jerk off booth shooting. And then right after the last podcast was the Colorado shooting. Both done with AR-15 pistols. Sad. Wish they would have chosen a different weapon just because yep. there's already so much trouble on the black guns. That I wish they would have chose a different weapon. I wish they wouldn't have done it. That's an a- asshole thing to say. I apologize for that. I wish they wouldn't have done it. But when the first shootings happen, that's every time a shooting happens, it's the first thing I think of. Please don't be an AR-15. Because it does, you don't you don't need to... F- There's nothing special about that gun. But they pick them. And then that gives the left something to fucking argue about. Yeah, I mean, what, what is the percentage of shootings within, you know... Oh yeah, we talked Arm about that. Light, yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. Before, you know, yeah, any uh, a semi-automatic. No, a semi-automatic rifle is is less than knives. Less people die from semi-automatic rifles than die from knives. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's when it's like it's like eighty percent is pistols. Like eighty percent of of shootings is pistols. Yes, that's correct. Um, but I think the rifles were like four. Oh, you're saying the percentage? Okay, yeah, yeah. I see four percent or less. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of like how we talk about COVID. Yeah. You know, your chance of dying is 0.02%. Yeah. Um, ARs were 4% or less. Yeah. So, you know, why are we, why are we talking about that that minimum? Uh, you know, this this goes right back to the root problem is people got to get their shit filter on. You know, just stop listening to – let's put this all together. I mean – People have to stop listening to what the media is trying to promote in hand in hand with the government. And the perfect, perfect example is exactly what you talk about. Uh, that dude, uh, saturated fat dude. Yep. Ansel Keys. Ansel Keys. You know, this was, that was a perfect example of how it fucked this whole country up for years to have the government and media working together to pump this bullshit out. And majority of America just sucked it right up. And I don't know if you've seen the, have you seen this shit with uh, AP, the Associated Press? So if you guys don't know, Associated Press is a small group of press that writes articles, sends it out to all the major news people. And then the news people pick up articles that they want to pick up. They post it on their news website. They do everything right. So AP recently wrote uh, basically a group of articles and it was like mass shootings are up certain percent in and then it was the state. So it was like in 
up 20% in Florida, up 15% in Wisconsin. And if you, so if you Google mass shootings up, it will say, it will show every one of those articles. Now, the super, super fucking internet Nazis are like, it's a conspiracy, man. There, But that's not what happened. It, it's not a conspiracy. It's just, it's one news agency writing the news for thousands of news wires down the line. And then they're just fish, you know, spitting it out of their gullet. And that that's what happens. But that's a big problem too. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this isn't a problem. That That's a huge problem because we have no independent journalism anymore. Really. There's nobody that's looking at that and, and breaking it down. It's, it's, and maybe that's because there isn't as much money in news as there used to be because of social media. Yeah. I mean, there might be a couple sources that, that I like. I mean, I still like Daily Wire. I think they're they're definitely right leaning, but they look at things and break it down because basically the guy that runs Ben Shapiro is a is ex lawyer. Yeah, and he's very very quick. He's like a little prodigy. Oh no, I, Shapiro! If you listen to Shapiro talk, it's amazing. Like my his brain works Talks faster than you do. So fast. Hey now, <laughs> his brain, but his brain works fast. My brain doesn't work as fast as my mouth does. Going um, back to the, you know, where the media goes hand in hand with the government. I mean, you look at all this Asian Lives Matter stuff that's popped up in the last two weeks. So I'm, this is new to me. I mean, I saw the woman that got her ass beat. I don't know how you're missing it because you drive down, you know, our freeway, 151. Okay. And you're looking at that video billboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as that thing rotates, I mean, there's an Asian Lives Matter. That's not what it says, though. It says something else. It doesn't say Asian Lives Matter, right? It says... No, uh, no, there's a Stop Asian Hate. That's what it says. Okay. But there's, you know... Okay. There's a I, series I, of... Uh, I saw one the other day, and it wasn't a billboard. It was just a, a canvas that was put on an overpass, and it said, we're not your... Oh, what is the word when you have, like, a thing that you're into sexually? You know what I'm talking about. Like you're into a specific thing. Like that's your kink. Fetish. Fetish. It says, we're not your fetish. And it was, I think it was an Asian one. And it said, we're not your fetish. And, I, and I, Oh, I suppose I get where they're coming right? from. Right? Yeah. I, I get where they're coming from. But then I look at it and I'm like, wait, is this from the shooting? Because they were giving those services in those massage parlors like, it wasn't like this guy searched them out and was like, I'm going to shoot Asian women. Right. So I, I, get, I just don't, I don't quite get the connection on that one. I don't I mean, quite get it. Yeah. Just like gun control, the whole Asian lives matter. The politicians have jumped on it and politicized it. Yeah. That had nothing to do with the no. Asian hate crimes. No, no, but there is Asian hate crimes though. This woman in San Francisco, they got her, they, she got basically curb stomped while two security guards just watched it happen. Yeah. There's multiple elderly. There's uh, the, the guy that got knocked out in front of his garage and died. So what is, what is the stem of this? I don't, un- I don't understand. Like I didn't know that there was anybody that, that hated Asian people. Well, here, here's the data is 85% of the, the crimes on Asian people are all in San Francisco area. Really? 85% in Nancy Pelosi's district. The person that's sitting there complaining that, you know, well, Asian lives matter. Well, guess what? You need to clean up your own fucking well, San district. Francisco's a shithole. Yeah. We have friends that are there this week and they sent a picture like, oh, fun time in the big city. And it's just a bum passed out with a needle in his hand and just blood gushing out of his hand. And he's just passed out on the side of the street. Yeah. 
And this is where you have to get your shit filter on to realize where the root problems are coming from. Because now they're, even the, the media can't help, but they have to report that there's a 150% increase in Asian hate crimes yeah, so this year. What, where, who hates Asians? I don't, I just, that's what I don't understand. Well, <laughs> that's what I don't get. So, okay. So I'll get there here. So okay, all right, I'm 150% listening. increase in Asian hate crimes, dot, 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 but in New York and LA. So New York, LA, San Francisco areas, you're getting all these Asian hate crimes. And when you look at the 90% of the attackers are either black or there's a balance of that 10% that's Arabic. So your whites are less than 10% of the criminals. Yeah. So, so this would be a, we're not going to talk about that though, because this isn't punching up or punching down, punching up. Yeah. Because when we talk about, when we talk about black lives matter, it's always whites against blacks, but the Asian lives matter. We're not going to talk about who is against who. That's interesting. I wonder. But the, uh, <clears throat> but the news reports that have come out on all of these instances all these attacks where they attached a video. If you notice, none of these reports say who the attacker is. Yeah. None of them do. Yeah. But then you watch the video and basically almost all of them, except for the Arabic, all of them were black. Yeah. So where does that hate come from? I mean, I guess this would be all, this would be all speculation. Anything that we say here is going to be speculation, but I just don't, I don't get it. I I don't know where the hate comes from. I really don't. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just so, it's so weird. Like, we're, this country was, was founded as a melting pot. Like, no, other than Native Americans, and they're not even originally from here. They came over on the, the, what, the Pan American shelf? No, that's not right. The Russian land bridge. They came over on the Russian land bridge from Russia and then migrated down through the Americas. So realistically, I mean, they were the original ones here, but other than native Americans, we're all like, we're all from somewhere else. This it, it's a melting pot, but then got divided and got so divisive. I mean, Barack Obama, Barack Obama was one of the worst things to happen to race relations oh, yeah. in the past 30 years because there was a racial division yeah, but he was an ideal. It wasn't what reality should have been. No, no, and I don't. I just, it, and I'm not. I'm not saying him specifically as a person. I'm saying like the way the ideal, the ideal. But it took us from being like completely moving forward, and we weren't perfect, but we were all moving forward and kind of blending into this this funnel, and we we're all we we're all mixing together, and we were Americans. And then it started getting separated by this pre-word American, this pre-word American, this pre-word American. And it got separated so that you could divide and then mark it. And then once you got, then, then once the div divisiveness worked, then it got compounded. And then the, div the divisiveness got worse and worse and worse. And now here we are with all these different lives matter campaigns where, and, and it's so hard to look back and remember where we were at 
But I feel like we were all slowly getting to the point that we were ignoring color and pulling on the same rope. Yeah. It wasn't an issue at all until they needed to basically go back and uh, generate a higher voter base. That's so ridiculous. It just just be a good person. I don't give a shit what you, I don't give a shit what your color is. Yeah. But just be all, a good person. It's all be personally driven though. Be responsible for yourself. So I think we can wrap up, but personal responsibility, people just, that's all, that's all we care about. Just one step in front of the other, no matter where you started, no matter how hard of a shit pile you're in, your wife just banged your brother, you got fired from your job and you just got an eviction notice. Guess what? Getting sad about it and letting it get you down is not going to get you out of the problem. You start by putting one foot in front of the other and working towards a goal. Yeah. And like we talked about uh, this whole time, let's go back to, you know, just get away from being a drifter and get focused. So that way you're stuck on moving forward instead of stuck on, you know, rolling backwards. Cool. All right. That's a wrap. 